0: Welcome to the Almighty God and Gospel Girl podcast. Each week, you'll hear testimonies that turned failures into hope, despair into inspiration, and darkness into light, as well as actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to overcome obstacles that can detour our Christian walk. Galatians 6.2 tells us to carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now here's your host, the Gospel Girl, Tammy Becker.
1: But what about the wrath of God? Wrath is strange and foreign when it describes God. God loves the good and hates the evil. His hate isn't like ours. He's not vindictive. But righteous and holy, he is strong and mighty in battle. The gospel message reveals God's judgment, his wrath, against all unrighteousness. Hi everyone, this is Tammy Becker. Welcome to the Almighty God and Gospel Girl podcast. We are in week 11 in our series that we are discussing. The book of Revelation on our podcast today is titled Hold Back the winds of judgment. Now, my podcast today, we're going to be based on the reading of Revelation chapter 6, verse 9, all the way through chapter 7, verse 3. So, if you want to follow along maybe with my show notes or you want to find any links that are going to be mentioned in my podcast, and I do mention a lot of scripture, so I do have them written down for you, you can just hit the link in the description or go to Ministries.com and visit the corresponding page there. And then, um, as you know, I always give you my disclaimer at the beginning because I want to remind you that I don't want you to take my word for it or anyone's word for what you read, listen to, hear, discuss with other people. I'm only human. I make mistakes, as does everyone, because we're not God. And I don't claim to know or understand everything in the bible i just hope that i bring out in this study that something that in- interests your and sparks enough you know that you get in the god, in the word of god and deepen y- your own dive with him and let him discern the word for you so the winds of judgment are blowing on the earth as we've seen the four horsemen do their t- hor- you know their horrible work But nothing happens outside of God's purpose. So what is his purpose in all of this mayhem? Well, God's purpose in the tribulation is, as it's always been, to save those in the human family who will turn to him. He likely wouldn't keep this world running if it wasn't for people turning to him. Even in this period, multitudes will turn to him, and he'll welcome them with open arms, as he always does. A great company is going to be saved as the tribulation begins. These initial judgments are accomplishing God's purpose. But for the many who turn to him, even more will turn against him. Oh, The judgments... Of God are like the sun's effect on wax and clay. Some will be hardened by it. Others will melt. As believers, when trouble comes to our lives, it will either draw us to God or drive us away from him. He wants to draw us closer to himself. And this is his way of doing it. Now you can reference John chapter 5 verse 24 as well. All right, let's open the fifth seal, the prayer of the martyred remnant. And that's chapter 6, verses 9 to 11 in revelation of course so back in heaven john next sees an altar where jesus christ offers his literal blood for the sins of the world you can also see hebrews chapter 9 verse 23 to 26. so gathered around the altar are the souls of those who've been killed for their faith in god both in the old testament and since the beginning of the tribulation those who were martyred during the church age are raptured and with the Lord. You can also see Luke chapter 11, uh, verses 50 and 51. Both these groups are resting on solid Old Testament ground as they plead for the justice on the basis of God's holy law. They cry out in loud prayers, How long? Strong God Holy and true. How long before you step in and avenge our murders? Uh, see chapter 6 verse 10. Now then each of these, the, each martyr is giving a white robe, symbolizing salvation and eternal life. And God tells them to be patient, to sit back and wait until the full number of martyrs are filled from among their friends in the faith. So more people will experience martyrdom um, um, before God's time for Jesus Christ to return to the earth and to be judged by their living adversaries. So then we get into opening the sixth seal, which is the day of the wrath has come, which is in chapter 6, verses 12-17, Twelve through seventeen. Now the sh- the scene is going to shift back to the earth and signals the beginning of the last half of the great tribulation, and the great day of his wrath is before us. And the great tribulation opens and closes with upheavals in nature, but. The beginning of the tribulation, you, if you compare it in uh, chapter 2 of Joel, verses 30 to 31, with Acts, chapter 2, verse 20, and then at the end of the tribulation, you see Joel, chapter 3, verse 9 through 17, and then Isaiah, chapter 13, 9 through 13, chapter 34, 1 through 4, and then Matthew, chapter 24, verse 29. Again, those are in my notes. God will first send a huge planet-sized earthquake planet-sized earthquake that will rock the world and cause mountains and islands to just rise and fall I mean the sun is gonna grow dark the moon is gonna redden it's gonna be like blood and stars are gonna appear to fall like a meteor shower and the fact that we are having an increase in earthquakes today Wow. Is, is, is not a fulfillment of this, but it shows that it could happen as God's word says it will. It's kind of like a little prequel. Evidently, the sky will also appear to split and roll back like a scroll in opposite directions, like it's coming apart. So those on earth will glimpse into the throne room of heaven. Wow. So you can also see Nahum 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 5 in Revelation, chapter 20, verse 11. So everyone on earth will be overwhelmed with dread and terror. They'll run and try to hide in caves and call on the mountains to fall on them. And they're going to want to hide from the wrath of the Lamb. More than the physical catastrophes they're terrified by the perception of God the matrix uh, call avenges chapter 6 verse 10 these unbelievers cry hide us they don't want to stand before a holy and righteous God so what is the wrath of the lamb the wrath of the lamb chapter 6 verse 16 is a strange phrase that sounds kind of contradictory but a closer look reveals It's true. The wrath of God is the day of the Lord. Talked about like throughout the Old Testament prophets, a day of judgment coming on earth, yet future. The lamb is a familiar figure of Christ. A lamb is gentle and meek. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 29. A lamb is harmless. You never see a sign. Beware of the lamb from the days of Abel, to those of John the Baptist, the Lord Jesus is described as the Lamb. The Apostle John calls Jesus the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world in Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. Even before the Lamb was created, these things described who Jesus is. In other words, God did not choose the Lamb because it was like Christ or because it was the animal people sacrificed. God created such a sacrifice to represent Christ. Christ is the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world, before any lamb was created. The lamb sets forth his sacrifice. Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb. See Genesis 22, verse 8. And God did provide himself a lamb. Christ was all of these things when he walked among us. Gentle, meek. Humble. Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. His life was marked by wholesomeness, like he like the perfume of a lovely and you know fragile flower. His coming was a doxology, his stay was a blessing, his departure was a benediction. Even the unbelieving world is fascinated by his life. But what about the wrath? Wrath of God. What? Wrath is strange and foreign when it is describes God. God loves the good and hates the evil. His hate isn't like ours. He's not vindictive but righteous and holy. He is strong and mighty in battle. The gospel message reveals God's judgment, his wrath against all unrighteousness. See Romans. Chapter 1, verse 18. To say the wrath of the Lamb is like mixing fire and water, but all the fury of God's wrath is revealed in the Lamb. God has declared war against sin. A day is coming when the wrath of the Lamb will be revealed. Listen to the psalmist. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Psalms chapter 2, verse 11 to 12. Well, what about the people turning to God and getting saved during this period? Since you can turn to God without the work of the Holy Spirit, how does anybody get saved without the Holy Spirit on the earth? Didn't the Holy Spirit leave the earth and take the church to present us to Jesus Christ? see 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 7. Good question. The Holy Spirit is present. He's just changed, you know, he's just changed his role. During our day when the gospel is going out, the spirit restrains evil so the gospel can penetrate a satan-controlled and satan-blinded world. How could the world go out unless the spirit of God holds back evil? Even today, satanic forces work against the word of God being heard and believed. So the great tribulation is the devil's holiday. God will give him freedom to do as he pleases. And this is part of God's judgment on a world that rejects Jesus as a savior. But a great company of people will be saved in the tribulation more than in any other seven-year period in the history of the world. So the Holy Spirit is in the world and, after the church is removed, just as he was in the world before Pentecost. Just read the Old Testament and you'll find him working in people's hearts and lives. But in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God didn't restrain evil in the world, and he was baptizing believers into the body of Christ like he is doing today. However, he will be in the business of getting men and women to Christ. He has always been in the business of taking God's creation and renovating it. Like the spirit brooded on the face of the waters during creation, the spirit broods over this earth today. He will have to have an unusual special program during this period. And now John tells us what that will be. Between the sixth and the seventh seal, we have a pause. Though John's eyes are through John's eyes, we've seen the riding of the four horsemen that gave us a bird's eye view of the tribulation. And now the details are going to be given to us explaining how God would be merciful even in judgment. Revelation 7 answered the question asked at the end of chapter 6. Who is able to stand? After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, controlling the wind, John tells us. Chapter 7, verse 1. See also Psalm 148, verse 8. Then a fifth angel, apparently of a higher rank than the other four, gives them orders. The spiritual world of angels, both good and bad, are well organized in military ranks, as we learn in the book of Daniel and Ephesians. So the angel cried with a great voice, literally like a megaphone, like getting the angels ready for a fearful judgment about to break on earth. He says hold everything. Hold back the winds of judgment. The winds of the great tribulation period. Because we have to seal these folks. So they can make it through. Chapter 7 verse 2 to 3. For the sake of these who have been sealed. This terrible time will be shortened. There will be two great companies sealed. One out of the nation Israel. And the other other out of the gentiles so we don't know what sign the lord uses on the forehead of his people to seal them but it is some spiritual mark on their lives in contrast to the mark of the beast so they can make it through this tribulation period and we are going to look at that and be discussing this next time which is what i've titled who are the 144000 saved Boy, it just keeps getting better and better, doesn't it? It is just this, this is, I can't even imagine just travel, tra- uh, time traveling like John did and just being there and seeing all this, like being present and actually seeing this. He just must have been dumbfounded. Unbelievable. Anyway, folks, well, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Share it with your friends. Don't forget to visit the website at Come study the Bible with us at Girl Read Your Bible. The links are all in the description. And I hope you join us next time. This is Tammy Becker. Have a blessed week. See you next time. Bye.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another weekly episode of the Almighty God and Gospel Girl podcast. If you have a testimony you would like to share with us, please contact us through our website at youministries.com. That's ministries.com. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace.